Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and download. The other big story of the day was the FBI raids on Ihor Kolomoisky's offices uh, in Cleveland, of all places. We'd just been discussing Ohio the other day, and okay. and Ohio. there it is. Ohio shows up, um, and also mention of his uh, previous uh, operation in Youngstown, which we know is sort of previously been a, a hub for organized crime. Um, and so the story of Ihor. Kolomeski, and I'm sure I'm not saying his name correctly, but I'm trying there, is is, is quite interesting because it ties into a lot of the backstory of Donald Trump and of um, Donald Trump Jr. and a lot of the oligarch manipulation along the way. Uh, you, you have the latest, uh, Eric, on what happened today. Can you tell us a little bit more about what those raids were about and then we do a little bit of backstory afterwards? Well, it's not it's not exactly clear if this is tied to the existing um, the existing court case that's going on in the state of Delaware, which is about money laundering uh, from, I believe, the former Privat Bank uh, assets through Florida up through Delaware LLCs, where they got the jurisdiction for the, the suit. And it's a, a RICO case involving the state of Ohio and the purchase of uh, real estate, particularly in, in, in downtown Cleveland, as well as uh, metallurgic factories and you know capacity of that sort. And, um, you know, this is right up Kolomoisky's alley. Uh, he's one of the, somewhere in the top three of the most uh, wealthy and influential Ukrainians, right up there, uh, Rinat Akhmetov and uh, Viktor Princhuk. And his industries typically are Faro allies, finance, oil products, mass media, um, and, uh, you know, basically metal, fossil, kind of Russian stuff. Metals, fossil fuels, finance. Yeah. So, Good old Russian mob kind of stuff. And he's dug in like an Alabama tech into this country. He created this thing called Privat Bank, which was turned out to be one of the biggest banks in in Ukraine. They started this bank in the early 1990s, and that's his partner there, mm -hmm. Gennady Bogilov, I think is how you said, I'm not sure. Bogolubov. Uh, there you go. Thank you. Uh, good accent. Um, and so the, they grew this thing into a giant bank. It was responsible for a huge part of, of the Ukrainian uh, GDP. Now, as it turns out, uh, in around 2016, it was discovered the thing was a giant laundromat. Um, and they did that, you know, the, I think the prosecutor at the time said, a money laundromat, nothing else, is when she was describing the bank. Right. Um, $5.5 billion had been uh, stolen, basically, from the Ukrainian people. And this diagram tries to explain a little bit of how it, they did it. They, so Privat Bank was a, uh, a Ukrainian entity, but they had branches in Latvia and Cyprus, places where you want to have branches if you're trying to launder things. Now, in Cyprus, it was just considered a branch of the main bank, and they weren't being checked very carefully by the officials there. In Latvia, that you might remember came in up. Cyprus? Imagine that, eh? <laughs> Cyprus is not following banking rules. Uh, <laughs> we got to move the Malta. These that? people aren't clean. <laughs> <laughs> And, and Latvia became part Aww. of this about the Russian laundromat. You might remember a few years ago with Danske Bank, which ties into Deutsche Bank. That's how the Latvia uh, operation worked. 
And the way the operation, I mean, I, I was kind of interested in this today because I hadn't seen this kind of detail around how the laundromat works. So they created these companies, offshore holdings, British Virgin Islands of all places is where a bunch of them were held, mm. um, never comes ah. up. And uh, and so Kolomoyski and, uh, and his partner had offshores there. Then they had these other offshores that were paying back some of the loans. So they were loaning money from Privat Bank to their own companies. And they had these other companies billing those companies and then paying back only oh. a portion of the loans. The rest of the Kinda money- Kind of like a Ponzi scheme. It is a Ponzi scheme. It's just generally a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> There's no other way to describe it. Um, it's, you know, everyone feeds it, it feeds it, feeds it until it runs out of money. Right. And then they have, right. you know, bought a lot of things with the money that they were able to skim off that. Uh, some of that money went through Austria, Luxembourg, and some of it came to the United States and purchased Austria? all these nice, all these nice uh, oh. major buildings that they have. Because why not? Why not own some property in the United States? Meanwhile, $5.5 billion disappears from the Ukrainian people and the government decides to nationalize the private bank. And it's been nationalized. He is kicked out of Ukraine. He's not even allowed to live there for the time being. Until but when was it nationalized? 2016 or 17? I'm not sure. It was 14. Okay, it was okay. after okay. his yeah, it was after his support of uh of the well right. It, it's it, there's some there's there's some weirdness there. There's a lot of controlled opposition in, in Ukraine. It's like I don't like that guy, I hate that person, I don't want yeah. them to become yeah, but really you find out that they're not that opposed to each other. For example, he was right. out that post-2014, he's out, he's living in Switzerland, and he's only got uh, Ukrainian, Cypriot, Israeli citizenship. Um, you're only, I believe if you're, I forget if it's Ukraine or, or, or Israel, you're only supposed to have two, whatever, he gets to have three. And uh, he's living in Switzerland and it's like, oh, he's really afraid of this Zelensky guy who was elected on his TV network playing as a comedian, playing the president of Ukraine, then gets elected. Oh, he's so afraid of him. But the second that this uh, this lawsuit dropped in Delaware and there was uh, probably an extradition request that was going to go out, all of a sudden he wasn't so afraid of Ukraine and he comes back home, even though the very terrifying Zelensky is, uh, is in power there. So... <laughs> It's very, it's very correct that he, in fact, not only pretended not to support Zelensky, but then he goes on to now support him, it seems, because Zelensky just fired the central huh. banker who's, uh, who's trying to uh, manage this whole situation with Privat Bank, who, and Kolomoisky really wanted him or her out. Uh, so he's still, Zelensky's definitely taking Kolomoisky's orders still, uh, even though he claims to be very independent. And, you know, there was some hope for this guy. People thought he might be a, a decent, uh, non-typical president of Ukraine, but I'm afraid it appears like he's just turning out to be a lapdog. But also what you're saying is really interesting, um, Greg, because there's another oligarch in the mix, uh, and that guy is Pavel Fuchs. Pavel Fuchs is a name some people to this program, this, some viewers of this program will know quite well because we mentioned him in connection with Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr. and Rudy Giuliani before. He's basically been the, the bag man in Ukraine for the Trump organization. Now, up until recently, he has claimed that, you know, the, the speculation on him has been at least that he's been pro-Russian, pro-Putin and really absolutely, uh, you know, pro-anti-Ukraine. Uh, Except now he's revealed that for the last 20 years, he's been good friends with Ihor Kolomoisky, who's anti-Russian huh. or supposedly anti-Russian. And so you can see how they just play both sides so easily. Huh. Like when it's convenient, they'll be friends with the pro-Russian sector. And when they're not convenient, they'll, they'll do the other way around. And they play both sides in the United States too, because 
while Pavel Fuchs had Donald Trump Jr. over for several trips uh, to Ukraine to help him get into Russia, to help him get involved in the um, in the in the property sector in in Russia, Ihor Kolomoisky was busy hiring Hunter Biden uh, on his side for an energy company. And it doesn't really matter because basically these two guys, Pavel Fuchs and Ihor Kolomoisky, are still in mm -hmm. business together today um, for one of these big natural gas companies that is currently being bidded for that um, LB mentioned earlier. It's a lot of information I've just shared with you. But the point is, Ukraine is kind of difficult. LB, do you want to do you want to do the simultaneous? They're spies, they're mobsters. They're what, what do you want to do here? <laughs> they're mobsters. It's one mob. They're all in the same mob. They it's fucking owned. You don't do unless that mob says so. There's a few guys that get to hey. run the stuff and they play whatever game in the media, but it's the same fucking mob. They must think we don't have any archives yeah. or even Google search because it's really easy to see how quickly they contradict each other when it's convenient. So, you know, they'll just right. play both sides. I think sometimes, honestly, um, especially in organized crime where it's fused with state resources and politicians at, at the level that Ukraine is, um, that... Uh, Sometimes I think they're legitimately angry with one another. I, I don't think we get the true story on what's going on that had them get pissed off. Um, but sometimes it's legitimate. A lot of times if you see lawsuits going back and forth, that's not legitimate. They're just using the lawsuit as yeah. a way to like hold one on. thing into another thing and mm. reorganize. Um, I, 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 I know that the Hunter Biden thing comes in and I want to give viewers sort of like the bullshit detector in their brains um, from me when it comes to um, this sort of Ukrainian story, especially the one that Giuliani's been <laughs> hustling around trying to cook up, right? Like, and it's it's a very, he, he can't reduce it to a real simple thing because he's actually involved on the bad side too, because it's Giuliani. And, um, and he doesn't want to expose what he was up to, what his two guys, Igor and Lev, have been up to, and their connections, what, but wants to somehow dirty up Joe Biden via Hunter. Okay. So here's the thing. Here's where your bullshit detector comes in. It's just not a good idea to try to get into business with ukrainian gas companies it's just not it just isn't and yeah. so it just yeah. isn't it just isn't but there is no way to slice up that part of the ukrainian industry and have it be somehow free from corruption no matter how much they try to put new prosecutors or new uh presidents in it hmm? it's it's going to end up swallowing even those good guys. And, and it's just a monster. Um, this is what's called the NEFTA, uh, which is Russia for, I think gas or oil, oil uh, mafia, okay? And the best thing anybody could do if you just wanna read about how that world works is to, there's a 1998, I think that's the year, report that the Italian uh, anti-corruption, uh, anti-mafia uh, group put together around this particular industry in Ukraine. And it has not changed. It's been what, 20 years now plus? 
it's, it's not changed, not the way it operates, not what's going on there. You can't change that. It's too, it's too drenched. You have to burn that down to the ground and start over and start over because it's, it's so, so, so born out of and still embedded with organized crime. It, you cannot, it cannot be a corruption-free interaction or relationship, which is why Joe Biden was like, when he was with the trying to go get that guy out of there, right? Because we've tried. The U.S. has tried. We've tried to clean this shit up because it's really bad. But inevitably, it's just going to be bad again. Mm. Um, so Giuliani can't escape. He can't carve it up in some way to make it sort of saying like, here's the good guys over there in the same industry. And here's the bad guys over there in the same industry. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist, everybody. No. It's just corrupt. It's just a corrupt morass and it changes you know same suit different head is the saying i have right it's like same guy you know same obligarch different fucking head but the same thing is going on no matter how it changes hands i don't know how that's ever going to get fixed i think that's okay? so that's i think you're absolutely right i mean we we did this chart a while ago for a different show but you know this is the the uh I guess we called it mobology of or mobology of of Pavel Fuchs, which is the <laughs> oligarch we just mentioned. And you know, this was just right. before we connected him to to Kolomoisky. You can see he's connected to Dmitry Fertash, and Dmitry Fertash just <gasps> one stop away from Mogilevich. And and uh, same with Parnas and and Manafort and and Giuliani. I mean, everyone's sort of this is how close everyone is, at least in that circle to Mogilevich. We don't see the same kind of mobology, at least I haven't, on the Democratic side. There are, you know, Hunter Biden happened, probably very unfortunate decision, but we don't see very much more than that. I haven't seen this kind of like, uh, look at the amount of people bidding right now for all these natural gas um, right. tenders. I don't see any Democrats there. I see Giuliani, I no. see Perry, no. I see uh, Fuchs. I mean, I don't know Fuchs. Um, right. yeah. So, you know, I, I just, it's, there is a, this is not the same game. Sure, there's corruption but, on both sides, uh, but there's extra corruption going on, I think, uh, within the, the Trump world and, uh, yeah. and, and, the, yeah. and the Republicans. It's a different Pod level. Podesta was working for the same Yanukovych, working for Manafort. So, you know, make of it what you will. And there, there are Dems in on this, but, you know, it's really hard to do the, you know, try and be fair to go, this is about corruption. This is not about partisanship because mm -hmm. I'm sort of a spook American. I could give a crap about the political parties. I, you know, George Washington didn't like them. I don't like them. Um, but there it's not, it's, you want to be equal in the sense you want to analyze the things equally and not partisan wise, but they're not equivalent. The GOP is own no. and there are some stragglers yes. in the democratic party and you go through the Faraday database you know the dashel group tom dashel former senate leader is all over the place uh dick gephardt is all over the place the podesta group doesn't exist anymore um for reasons that uh you know i'm sure we've yet to discover uh but then you just the just the sheer ownership by foreigners of the gop is just it's not the same. So, yeah. And the other big difference is is Donald Trump himself. Yep. I mean, Donald Trump, we've never, as far as I know, had a president of the United States as close to an oligarch involved in one of these things, <laughs> as far as I can tell. I mean, I'll, I'll give you some examples of how close they are. So, uh, yeah, this you know, is wacky. But he, <laughs> he, Fuchs actually um, was a licensee of the Donald Trump brand, and they were going to build this giant Moscow Tower back in 2004. And it was Pavel Fuchs who was going to do that. So this is 2004, 2006. That's how long ago they've been in bed together with each other. Um, 
Donald Trump Jr., uh, as I said, wanted to into the real estate market. He visited Moscow 18, sorry, six times in 18 months. Who needs to visit Moscow six times in 18 months with no business there at the time? Uh, and that's about the time he said we see a lot of money pouring in from Russia. Um, huh. So, you know, Fuchs also uh, spent, um, uh, he's worth $270 million, as you can see there. Um, and he's one of his allies was Viktor Yanukovych, as not it turns very, out. That's not a lot. Well, way. this might have been a while ago. Actually, he's, he might do better. It's a while ago. Yeah, but he's you know he's a he's been run out of Russia because he's uh, now he says he was run out because he's close to Kolomoisky. But the the thinking is basically is that he was sent to Ukraine to do Putin's Putin's dirty work. Um, and one more thing here, because you'll appreciate the name here. I think uh, he is uh, he is tie, has ties to the Solnitsevsky organized crime group and one particular senator alexander teravanasov okay, yeah yeah I, I mean you can say it that way but get? i don't know what to say everybody it's really bad <laughs> these it, guys are really bad mobsters and they they take that money what they've done what this whole sort of thing is is the money was taken uh, through a vehicle like privet bank brought into the u.s and pushed through things like real estate and mm. hotels right and there, and so this it because it got pushed in Cleveland because we can kind of circle back around to that of what what's going on there with this FBI raid, um, of, of taking everything because there's he's uh, Kolomoisky's under investigation and it does look like it's the same thing but Eric might be right there might be something else going on in there, um, you know, they're getting the paper on where the money went and the money you're gonna push money into properties here that's laundered money from organized crime right, um, well. You know, the, our investigators might be interested in that. Maybe there's some Rico <laughs> happening there, right? Somebody laundering. Like, so that's what it is. It's very, it's very basic how they do things, and they've been doing the same scams over and over and over and over and over again. So, not only do they push it in there, but they tend to push it into the dark money pots behind political campaigns or into the inaugural mm. committee, right? Into the inaugural stuff. So. So Fuchs is in there pushing shit everywhere and then getting pissed off that he didn't have a good table at the party. Like, that's who that guy is, right? He's like, you know, and he's not even as wealthy as some of these other guys, but he, he, he walks around with an air of privilege as if he is. Maybe he's, you know. Anyway, Donald is, he's all up in. He's very, Do he's very good friends with Donald. And uh, I should be mentioned, yeah. he's actually not allowed in the United States anymore, at least in 2017, when he last attempted to come into the United States. They said, uh, you were a commander in the Russian army. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, he's also not allowed into Israel. He was turned away from there and also not allowed into Mexico. So it, it's not like he's not on people's radar um, as being part of the Russian establishment, if you'd like. Um, and yet he's collaborating on projects with Donald Trump and Donald Trump it's Jr. Weird. And people it's still so wonder what the case is against, against the president of the United States. I mean, the president of the United States is in, is in bed with a Russian mobster. That's it. Yeah. Further to my where the as the media been, this is not top secret. This is not how many times did Bigfoot uh, pilot UFOs during Vietnam. This is not some, you know, which one of the golden girls was actually a, a Turkish spy. This is none of that. This is basic <laughs> shit. Donald Trump, Donald Trump's kids, his idiot kids were all over Moscow getting money and bringing it and laundering it through their garbage. Yep. And, and Odessa it, probably. Yeah. 
wherever you know they're just they're just hoes they're just they're money hoes whatever you just stick it in any hole doesn't matter and if that isn't enough for you there's other ties i won't go through all of this but i'll go you know there's uh alpha bank is tied to this guy uh sergey polanski is tied to this guy which basically connects felix sater uh and i'll put these up somewhere um and uh what else we have here uh, I think those are the big ones. I mean, it's not, it's not, uh, you don't have, it's all, by the way, available on any search, Google search, you name it. It's not like you have to <laughs> have any access to anything. Google search the, the guy's the name. Google you'll, machine. you'll find yeah. out that he's also been in bed with uh, Mukhtar Albiazar, who's part of the embezzlement oh. of, of the BTA money, oh. which funded yes. the Soho Trump Tower, funded the Soho oh, yes. Trump Tower. Um, and I don't know, I don't have anything else to say about this guy. He's a mobster how would, and how would, with, with Colin Moisty and with Trump. How do you expect billion dollar corporations that run news organizations and, you know, have giant buildings in the middle of Manhattan? How do you expect them to get on and get on Bing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, get on Wikipedia. I mean, Jesus, how could we inside of a half fuck or a full or decade and a half? I mean, get on and find out that these people were in Russia. It's a crazy conspiracy theory that was on fucking Bing. Yeah, I mean, it's you don't. It's not hard to find this information, which actually is interesting because we are expecting, I believe, something called Volume Five in the future, in the near future. Uh, and I, uh, I don't know what's in Volume Five. I tried to read Volume Four. It's I do as, as redacted as you possibly it's, can imagine, but Volume Five is not. Volume Five is not an unredacted Volume Four to hear it told. No, this is the part. This is a fun week in August, because uh, this part's going to have not just the Russians running around. But the Americans that helped them, I believe. Mm -hmm. And that will be really awkward. Mm -hmm. Not for me, not for you guys, not for the audience at home, except for the well-meaning members of their representative hostile foreign intelligence services. Welcome, guys. Uh, But for all our people, it's not awkward for us, but maybe at the... Well, did, are they still not having any media at all at the Republican National Convention this week? What's Oh, they're not having any media at the convention? I didn't read that. That's really unusual and interesting. I mean, I'm assuming Sputnik and RT, yep. just I'm pricing them in. Right. Of course. I'm sure Facebook they'll be, be there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Facebook. So this is c- coming out of the Senate uh, Intelligence Committee, which is about as high an authority as you're going to get on the matter because it's Republican controlled. So there's any accusations can't be leveled against them for being... Uh, you know, biased or anything like that, because they've been in charge all along. Senator Burr is in charge of that committee, and it's expected to be, uh, to some extent, he was until he he stepped away, but um, it's expected to be uh, pretty damning, and it's expected to be something that we've all been expecting, which is sort of the counterintelligence report that we never got to see when Mueller first gave his opinion. Um, So this might look a little bit more like that than uh, what we saw in the Mueller report. Here's hoping. Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe and download. Download.